1: Well, good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. We are the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. We are live, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Jim Clark, and we're inviting you to call in with your questions, comments, and concerns. Our toll-free number is 1-888-FOR-KFAX. That's one triple eight Don't be shy, pick up the phone and let us know what's on your mind. Again, that number is 1888 F O R K F A X. In our world today, where there is postmodernism, evolutionism, atheism, agnosticism, skepticism, racism, violence, murders and rebellion. From a biblical perspective, where do we see God's judgment in all of this? Well, stay tuned as Dr. Buckner breaks down the three judgments of God in our churches and in our world, and how are we to respond to God's judgment from the from a biblical perspective? For we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith.
2: Dr. Buckner, how are you doing tonight? Brother Jim, I'm truly blessed, and thank you for that introduction, and thank you for being here in Gary Stead tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, In a world of chaos today, confusion, violence, rebellion, and anarchy, God's judgments are poured out on these types of people. Billy Graham once said, If God doesn't judge America, he will have to apologize for what he did to Sodom and Gomorrah. And in this world today, we need to understand No matter how many marches we do, and people do, marches will not help to change the wretched, wicked hearts of men unless they are marching for Jesus. Anything we do outside of Jesus, the Apostle Paul says, is nothing but dung and waste. Jesus uh, made it very clear uh, to all of us in Matthew 24, uh, in verse 37, For as in the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man. And what were they doing? Verse 38, For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark. Verse 39, And no, not until the flood came, and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. This is the age by which we're living in. And Genesis chapter 6 uh, spells this out even more. In Genesis 6 and 5, it says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imaginations and thoughts of his hearts, a heart was only evil continually. And Genesis six and 11 it says the earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. Doesn't that sound like our world today? It sounds like our world today. In the midst of all of the chaos, violence, and rebellion, and marching, and all the other things that's going on in our world today, uh, this is a good description of all of that that's happening, and the Bible prophesies all of these things. And Jesus said, As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. And Judges 17 and 6 This verse offers a shocking revelation on how far Israel had fallen from God's ways. And and God uh, brings it out very clear on their mindset. On their mindset. It says in Judges 18 and 1, but there was no king to see, again, in Judges 18 and 1, and with no godly king or judge, every man did what was right in his own eyes. They were in rebellion, just like today. People are doing what is right in their own eyes. They're not doing what God says is right to do, but they're doing what they feel is right in their own eyes. And I don't care uh, what you do when it comes to all of these marching and all the stuff that's going on in our world today, the solution is not marching about racism. It's a deeper problem than that, and I'll talk about that a little bit later on. Not to say that we shouldn't address racism, but it's a deeper issue than that. So I want to talk about God's judgments manifested in three ways. And you can bank on these three ways that God is judging the world and America with all of these three judgments that I'm going to be describing today. Oh, what a teaching this is going to be. And what a series this is going to be. Let me talk about the first judgment that we see God doing in our world today. And you want to mark these down and take note of this, because with people losing their minds, going crazy, and violence, and all of that stuff, it's not only prophecy, but it's the judgments of God. Number one, the first judgments— uh, that are manifested by God is that God said in Second Thessalonians chapter two that God said that uh, He would send strong delusions that they would believe a lie rather than the truth, and it says in Second Thessalonians two verses ten through twelve, it teaches that before Christ comes that the antichrist will come and. And that uh, these things will be manifested in our world today. And verse 10 of Second Thessalonians chapter 2 says, And with all deceivableness and unrighteousness and them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth. <laughs> People today just don't love the truth of God, the truth of the gospel, the, that will make them free that they might be saved, verse 11, and for this cause. Now, notice what the verse says. For this cause and for this reason, that's what it's saying in essence, for this cause, God shall send them strong delusions that they should believe a lie. Oh, that's a bad state to be in. And we have people like that today all across America and the world. You just talk to them about the gospel. They don't want to hear it. And they can be people in the churches and sometimes outside the churches, atheists, agnostics, and skeptics in the postmodern world. People have gotten to the point where they just don't want to hear anything that has to do with Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit and the Bible. And why is that? It's because God gets to a point where if you keep saying no to Jesus, see, this is the thing that causes the strong delusions, why are there strong delusions? Well, that's a good question. The answer is this. The answer is because they continue to say no to God, they say no to Christ, and they say no to the Holy Spirit. So what's left? They're going to believe a lie. And who's behind the lies? This is the interesting other question. Who's behind the lies? Well, it, Jesus told us in John 8 and 44 that Satan is the father of all lies. So if you don't receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, then you're going to receive a lie that will take you straight to hell. Straight to hell. Now, I'm not saying that. This is not Buckner. This is Bible. So the first judgment of God is strong delusions. And these strong delusions is simply This. Say no to God over and over and over and over. And I'm going to be developing that next, next week, and I'm going to do a series on strong delusions. Now, number two, the second judgment of God is manifested in God allowing the enemies to whip us and take us to the woodshed. We see examples of this with Israel. God disciplined Israel for their idolatry, and God allowed the enemies to come in and take them into captivity over and over again. This was a religious cycle at work over and over again, yet they never learned to repent on a consistent basis. Let me kind of give an example of this, where God took them to the woodshed and allowed the enemies to come in. The Babylonians came in, because they wouldn't listen to God, see God has a way of getting you to listen, whether you want to do it or not, and He can whip you many different ways he can He can whip you with enemies outside America, He can whip you with enemies inside America, He can whip you also with your boss and your supervisor and even with somebody in your household or outside your household. God has many ways of whipping you now, even with the law. He'll get you through the law. see. So here is an example. Israel refused to worship God for 70 sabbaths. What happened as a result of that? God said, okay, because you refused to worship me for 70 sabbaths, I'm going to take you into Babylon captivity for 70 years to whip you because I will get my worship either with freedom or with slavery, and God will do that today. He'll put you in a state of slavery to get you to worship him, or you can worship him with freedom. You have the choice, my friend. You know, you look at this whole scenario of Israel one day going to Germany. God told them to stay in the land, a land filled with milk and honey, and they didn't listen to God, and they went over to Germany. And then six million Jews. Now, that's a tragedy. That is a tragedy. And there, one time, my mentor, Walter Martin, was over in Israel, and there was a rabbi. He had his fists up to God. and He says, God, why would you allow this? Why would you allow this? And Walter Martin said, you know what? There's a blessing that came out of it because it got you back in the land. And in 1948, you became a nation just like the book of Ezekiel prophesied. See, you know when 9-11 happened, do you not know when all these terrorists hit America, do you not know that this was the first time that you had the airport shut down, MTV shut down? Do you not know that uh, a lot of other things were shut down and people started going back to churches, they started praying, they started reaching out to God like no other time in history? Now, Let me say this, number three, thirdly, and lastly, God's judgment are manifested by spiritual abandonment and his wrath of abandonment. We see this throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. In Hosea 4 and 17, it says Ephraim has joined himself into idols. God says, therefore, leave him alone. Ephraim was the largest of the most influential of the northern ten tribes And Ephraim's name was often used as a representative of the northern nation, Hosea 4 and 17, where God says, through the prophet Hosea, says, Ephraim has joined himself into idols, let him alone. And we see this expression of God's wrath upon the abandonment of, uh, you know, Ephraim. And we see this also happening in the book of, of Romans, chapter 1, verses 18 through 32, and it says there in verse 24, wherefore God also gave them up. It says it again in verse 20, it says, again, for this cause God gave them up. In verse 28, again, and God gave them up to a reprobate mind uh, that they would do those things which are not fitting. You know, the, the root, let me say this in conclusion. The root problem in our world today is not uh, racism, bigotry, and Nazism, and white supremacy or any supremacy. The root problem in our world today is not the president of the United States. The root problem in our world today is not the violence, the fighting and the rioting, the murdering, the thefts and and all of that. The root problem in our world today is not the marching people that are doing and protesting, the root problem in our world today is not some insane dictator or an atomic bomb or the fearing of death, the root problem in our world today is not terrorism. And the fear of terrorism, the root problem in our world today is not being black, brown, or white because we're all precious in God's sight. The root problem in our world today is not oppressor and oppression. The root problem today in our world is a three-letter word, and that's S-I-N, sin. And we need to turn to a Savior, Jesus Christ, who will save us from our sin. And that's the answer and the only answer today that's going to save us from our sin. Let me say this, and I'm done. There has never been a president since Abraham Lincoln and Dwight Eisenhower— who got before the nations and addressed the nations as a nation of sinners. Second Chronicles seven and 14 says, "'If my people, which are called by my name, "'shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, "'and turn,' notice, "'turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. That's what we need to do today. Our land needs to be healed by us turning from our sins and turned to God. That's the only way we're going to be healed and a revival will happen in our world today. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Jim.
1: Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. My name is Jim Clark. I'm in the studio with Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And before we get back to our dialogue and start to uh, uh, take your calls, we want to begin by thanking everyone who has been praying for Contending for the Faith. Without your prayers, we would not have been on the air so long. We also want to thank those who gave this week, Jackie, Gail, Mary, June, Tom, Scott, Jerry, and Nancy. It costs us $400 a week to be on the air. So we need your help. If you have been blessed by Dr. Bucker's teachings and this program, won't you partner with us to keep us this vital program on the air? The summer can be a difficult time for radio ministries because people go on vacation and they take a vacation from their giving. You don't want to go on vacation and come back and find that we have gone off the air on a permanent vacation. No, no. So there are two ways that you can give. You can send a check or money order to contending for the faith, PO box Five five three Tiburon, California, 94920. Do I hear some people searching for pens and pencils out there? Or you can do it the easy way and just go on your computer to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And there's a big donate button. You just click on that. So now we also want to... uh, just read a, a very brief little message we got from one of our listeners who, uh, who sent us a donation. Thank you very much. And they said, enjoy the work you are doing so well. May God continue to bless your work in spreading his word, Tom. Thank you, Tom. That is an awesome, encouraging note that you gave us. And right now, we'd like to, Dr. Buckner, do you think it's time to go to calls?
2: Let's do that.
1: Uh, Amen. Well, I think we have uh, a first uh, Brother
2: Cece. Brother Cece, how you doing this evening? How you guys doing? We are truly blessed uh, to be in the studio to uh, give out God's word, and we trust you got encouraged and a word tonight. Always, always,
3: it's, it's, it's always been the same. So I've been listening to the program; it never changes. It's always, it's always a breath of fresh air, and hey. you always speak the truth. So it, it mean I mean, uh, I just, I just enjoy it so much.
2: Amen. That's very good. Thank you for that. And what's on your heart tonight? What's your question?
3: Uh, I want to ask you a question in um, John chapter 15, verse 26.
2: Yes. Why don't you read that and, and then ask your question around it?
3: Okay, no problem. It says, But when the Comforter has come, I will send unto you from the Father even the Spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. And this is the reading of the word.
2: Amen. And and what uh, is your question around that? What would you like for us to help you with?
3: I was wondering if you could give me some clarity on that uh passage and uh, you know, in, on the historical point and a theological view and in a, a, a in a soundbite series. I know you got a lot of people on here just waiting.
2: Yes, well, you know, like I was saying last week uh, that this is um, uh, John, uh, who was one of Jesus' disciples and apostles, uh, really laying out the interaction of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit because you have uh, in John 14 through 16 uh, a tremendous— these are tremendous chapters on the Trinity— So if you ever want to share with somebody about the Trinity or do a teaching on the Trinity or share with uh, some cultists, uh, this lays it out because some people try to argue infinitum agnosium, no end, that, uh, you know, Jesus was the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Or they'll try to argue that um, there is no Trinity. Well, here we find here that uh throughout John 14 through s- chapter 16 that the father is dialoguing with the son the son is dialoguing with the father and then they're talking about a comforter who will come and meaning the holy spirit so that's kind of like the layout on uh biblical perspective but verse 26 says and when the comforter is come meaning the Holy Spirit, the Paraclete—that's another word for Comforter. When He comes, the Holy Spirit, uh, that whom I will send unto you. See, the the Father. Here's the Father. He sent the Son, and then the Son is sending the Holy Spirit. So the first person of the Trinity, the Father, He sent the second person of the Trinity, and then the Son, the second person of the Trinity, is sending. The third person of the Trinity, which is the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. And and a lot of us today, uh, whether you're going through uh, a difficult time in a marriage or you're going through a difficult time with your health or you may be going through a difficult time financially, you may be going through a difficult time where the doctor told you you have cancer, or diabetes, Parkinson, or you're going to die. I don't know what type of news you're getting, but it's good news to know that you have a comforter who's the Holy Spirit, and you can go to him. You can go to him right now and say, comfort me, Lord. (laughs) Comfort me, Holy Spirit. See, it's not enough teaching on the Holy Spirit. We spend a lot of time teaching on Jesus and to the exclusion of the third person of the Trinity, well, he's here today. He's involved with the church, empowering the church. And matter of fact, according to Second Thessalonians chapter two, he is the one that's restraining right now the Antichrist from being unleashed. If you if you do an exegetical study of Second Thessalonians chapter two, you'll find that the Holy Spirit is the one restraining him, and when he takes the restraint off, he will be unleashed on the earth and there will be a terror on the earth like there's no other time to hit the world before because that'll be the devil's last attempt upon the earth to manifest himself before he's sent into the lake of fire. So we see here that he's going to send the Comforter. And, and he says, And when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father. So you got the Comforter, who's the Holy Spirit, then you have the I, meaning Jesus, and then the Father. So the three persons of the, of the, of the uh, Godhead, uh, and it says even the spirit of truth, meaning that the spirit is, that will come is truth. You know, we can depend upon the spirit dealing with us because he's truth. He's not a lie. All of the cults are lies. All of the false religions today are lies. And anything other than Jesus is a lie, you see. Uh, But the Spirit that comes, he will come as a comforter. He's the truth. And the Bible says the truth will make you free. Which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. Meaning the Holy Spirit will testify of uh, Jesus. So Jesus testified of the Father. See this how it works? Jesus testified to the Father, second person of the Trinity, testified to the first person of the Trinity, the Father. And then the Holy Spirit will be testifying of Jesus. So they all working together as one. And this is what you get in this whole verse 26. But throughout the whole chapter, I encourage people to read the whole chapter, and, and you will see the Trinity all throughout chapters 14 through chapter 16, and and uh, matter of fact, there's even a, a situation where Jesus says um, that the Father is greater than I, and then he says that he's greater than the Holy Spirit. Now, don't get confused by the word greater, because the word greater in Greek is meison, M-E-I-Z-O-N, and that's talking about position. Uh, that means that 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 the position that Jesus took as a man, he lowered himself even uh, uh, lower than the angels for the suffering of death. But if he were to use the Greek word kreton, K-R-E-I-T-T-O-N, which is talking about nature, we would know that Jesus, the Father, is better. The Greek word kreton means better. The word meson is talking about position. So Jesus positionally, uh, that lowered himself to the level of a man. And he, uh, so he was the God-man. He spoke as a man, but he spoke other times as the God, and then he spoke other times as a man. And he humbled himself, as it says in Philippians chapter 2, the great kenosis chapter. So anyway, hopefully this helps you out. I kind of went into it on a deeper level of the Trinity, but uh, it's good meat there, so abide on it digest it and uh, share it with some other people
3: i love it thank you for the teaching i also, i also love you breaking down the Greek because you don't hear that a lot you broke you broke that down and i i couldn't get the you you said creton i want to get the correct, correct spelling for it because i spelled it but i'm pretty sure i'm way off K-R-E-I-T-T-O-N.
2: k r e i t t o n
3: k okay how you say it again
2: k r e i t t o n
3: P T O L. Yeah, I was way
2: off. Okay. Yes. Yeah, Krypton, and thank you me. know what it, what it means, right?
3: You said you said it means better, right? And then you said the the, um, the other one means position. Maison. Position yes. Yes. Is that correct.
2: It's important to know the difference because Jehovah's Witnesses try to say from John fourteen twenty eight when Jesus said the Father is greater than I that they're trying to argue that the, Jesus is not equal to the Father. Well. He's talking about his humanity, speaking as a man. That's his, his humanity. The divinity refers to the Cretan. I mean, like in Hebrews chapter 1, he's obtained a better name than the angels because he's God. So, Cretan uh, refers to nature, essence, and being. It's a completely different word. I did a teaching a long time ago on the text in terms twisted by the cults, and I went through all of them, breaking it all down. Well, we're glad that that helped you out. What's your prayer request, and uh, we'll, so we get to okay. some of the other calls?
3: If you can, you can just pray for me and my family, and Mother Rosa Linda, and uh, all of my friends and family, especially for their protection and everything else. Um, you lead the, the, the God, we'll get the gospel to the rest of my family, and uh, for me. And then, if you can, um, I would like to lift up uh, President Obama, or, or you know, um, yeah, and his wife. I know they need the Lord um, as uh, well as Eddie Murphy. And uh, a lot of uh, Mitt Romney and, Rami and a, a whole list of people. I mean, so so many, so many. I just say all all those are uh, celebrities because so many dang, I could be leaving out. So you know, I'd like to just cover that.
2: Amen. And we need to pray that uh, a lot of them will turn from sin, as I was talking about tonight. That's the key thing that's going to bring salvation. Is a turn from sin. You know, that's the that's mm-hmm. the thing. Um, okay, Brother Jim, let's uh, lift these prayer requests up. All right.
1: Well, Father in Heaven, we thank you for CC, and we thank you that, uh, that he has a heart for people out there. And, and Lord, we, we pray that um, you would, first of all, uh, bless him and that you would, uh, you would bless his family, Lord, Lord Jesus. We just pray that you would lift him up and, uh, and help him to be a strong influence for Christ and his, his family and extended family. And, uh, Lord, we also pray for uh, people in the public eye, uh, former presidents, the Obamas, uh, celebrities like Eddie Murphy uh, and uh, the, uh, the Romneys. Lord, we pray for all these people. Father, we want them to, to know you. We want their lives to be turned around, and we want them to, be, uh, to have the influence that they have for Jesus. And, Lord, that is our prayer so, Father, we lift them up. We thank
2: you for CeCe, and we pray all these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Brother Jim, and, and thank you, CeCe, for your call and your always-good question. All right. Yes. All right. Okay. Let's go, go to uh, Rick. Brother Rick. Rick, how are you doing this evening?
4: I am blessed. How about yourself?
2: We are truly blessed and just having a dynamic time in the Lord here in the studio. We wish you were with us, but we know you're with us in spirit.
4: And I was blessed by the presentation you gave tonight.
2: Oh yeah, tell yeah. me, tell me how you were blessed by that.
4: Yeah, you you basically showed how the Holy Spirit gets into the mix. Because uh, yeah, he is he is our he is he is the Spirit of the truth. He's our Comforter. He's our teacher. And all, all this wonderful was uh, all all this wonderful qualities about the Holy Spirit. And one of the things I wanted to uh, piggyback was I was thinking about a passage toward the end of John 5, where uh, Jesus uh, establishes uh, who he is. First through the testimony of Moses, then his father, then by himself, and then later on we include the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So so one of the things according to the Jewish law was there had to be at least two or three witnesses. And it's and there's plenty of witnesses to, to to testify who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. So there's
2: really no excuse. Amen to that. Well, that's yeah. that's well said, Brother Rick. Appreciate that. I can't improve upon that other than say amen to that. Uh, Brother Jim wanted to say something.
1: Um, no, just that I think we're probably right up on the break. So. Right
2: up on the break. Okay. Hold on, Brother uh, Rick, and we'll come back, and okay. then we're going to get to Jermaine as well. Hang in there, Jermaine.
1: Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. My name is Jim Clark. I'm in the studio with Doctor Jerry L. Buckner, and right now we want to get right back to our caller. Uh, that would be Rick Weinstein. And Rick, are
2: you still there with us?
4: I'm still hanging with you.
2: Awesome. Amen. And, and you were you were making a point, uh, brother Rick.
4: I think I think we pretty much nailed that point uh, down, and uh, and and basically, uh, you know, the other thing that hits me all the time is that uh, you know God keeps. keeps when God when God keeps taking us to the woodshed,
2: mm-hmm. whether
4: it's terrorist attacks or, or what or political games or whatever games we're playing, he's giving us a chance. hmm But it it's very uh it gets really it gets really dangerous mm-hmm. when he starts to give us up. Yes. And we don't want to get to the we really don't want to get to the point where we're giving up even though there are signs of it, and the sending of strong delusions. Mm-hmm.
2: Those, those those, are terrifying. Yes. That is so true. And you mentioned the word terrifying, and that is so true. That's why uh, next uh, Saturday I will get into that uh, terrifying teaching on the strong delusion because everywhere we look around us today, we see it on every side. People have are losing their minds. They are off to themselves. They think everything they're doing is right in their own eyes, and uh, they are, don't have the slightest care for God, the Bible, the teaching of the Word of God. And uh, God gets to a place where the spiritual abandonment sets in and the delusions set in, and uh, when a person get in that state, you're absolutely right, it's terrifying. It's really, really terrifying. So well said. Uh, Thank you, Rick, so much for your your call and always uh, your... I want to give you a
4: quick update. Okay. I'm coming home home Tuesday. I don't want to take too much of your time because I want to leave time for Jermaine and the rest of the people to call. Those are the people you need to get to.
2: Amen. Amen. That's that's good. Thank you, Brother Rick, uh, for the update uh, on your status and stuff. We're always... uh, uh, praying for you and uh, lifting you up before the Lord, that God will continue to restore you and uh, uh, renew you and uh, bring you to the place where you need to be. So thank you so much for uh, your uh, call. And do you need us to pray for you before you go?
4: Yeah, just to pray for me. Keep me in prayer just to stay strong and consistent. Mm-hmm. Because uh, that, that's really been my key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the thing is, I'm getting sick and tired of, uh, you know, having these setbacks going to the hospital. Mm -hmm. So I really need prayer for strength and consistency. Mm
2: All righty. We have Brother Jim to pray for you around that. All right, Brother
1: Rick. Um, It's good to hear your voice, and uh, we do miss you here in the studio. Uh, Lord, we uh, we lift up our brother Rick, and Lord, we just pray that you would give him strength. Her Holy Spirit would come upon him, that you would strengthen him, strengthen his body. Lord, help him to be consistent in his uh, choices, but Lord, help him not to be discouraged by the challenges, his health, and so on that he's going through. Lord, we just pray for healing. We pray that you would bring healing to his body, and uh, and Lord, that you would rejuvenate him and and help him to to uh, be able to better serve you in the ministry lord and we know that he is a uh, doggedly loves to serve you lord and his heart is with you and we love him and lord we just pray that your um your holy spirit would be with him in the name of jesus
2: i pray amen thank you brother jim thank you brother rick god bless you God bless. all right all right let's get to brother germain brother germain. germain how are you doing this evening
5: Oh, uh, doing very well.
2: Well, that's good. That's good. We trust that you got blessed tonight uh, through the Word.
5: Yeah, I sure did, Doctor Buck. It was—I uh, think it's was very timely for what's going on in our country.
2: Amen to that. And what's on your heart tonight? What question you have on your heart tonight, my brother?
5: Well, I just wanted um, to get some of uh, some of your input on the mark of the beast. I know it's not enough time to really get into it thoroughly, but. I remember as a child, I used to uh, get exposed to teaching that I didn't agree with even back then, saying that uh, we were all going to have barcodes on our, our necks and foreheads and, and uh, our, our hands. And I, it didn't make any sense back then. It still doesn't now. And some people still teach something similar to that. And I think uh, one of the reasons is I noticed a lot of technology companies are moving ahead with, with uh, people willingly getting microchips. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that sounds pretty pretty strange, and I'm I'm partially against it. However, um, like you and other people out there, I have a family, and if any one of them were missing, I would wish I had a microchip or something I can track, and uh, that, that actually leads me to a nice prayer request. A friend of mine's son is gone missing in Barcelona. She hasn't heard from him yet. He was around the terrorist activities. and I was just wondering, I wanted to get your input on, on that and what, what exactly the mark of the beast really is.
2: Uh, That's a good question. Let me let me kind of break down this uh, from a historical standpoint, and then I'll try to make it contemporary uh, because it's important for us to have a little working knowledge. In the Roman Empire, in the Roman Empire, uh, this was a normal identifying symbol or brand that uh, slaves and uh, soldiers bore on their bodies. So it was something that was happening. Uh, in biblical days, with the uh, slaves and the uh, the soldiers, and uh, and the crazy thing about some of this too, some of the mystical cults delighted in such tattoos, which identified members with a, a form of worship uh, to their gods. Uh, when it comes to the uh, Antichrist, it makes it very clear and. Uh, Revelation chapter 13, uh, in verse 16, and it, and he calls all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead. And you're right about the, uh, the chips and stuff like that, the microchips, um, that's happening in, uh, certain places and, uh, coming to the United States. Uh, I believe this is a conditioning uh, that the Antichrist is preparing uh, for uh, his coming. And uh, because all of these things are going to take place, and it will be something that will take place uh, on the uh, hand, right hand on the forehead, because it was something that was going on in biblical days, and it's going to go on now. And they say that his the mark will be 666. Now, uh, when you think about 666, you have to say to yourself that, why is it 666? Because uh, the devil is uh, so desirous of uh, the number 7, because the number 7 is a completion, and the number 6 is incompletion. and God created the world in six days and rested on the seventh. So the seventh has always been completion. The devil wants to get as many sixes as he can, but he can't achieve the seventh number. So he settles for the sixth number, and uh, we see that this conditioning is happening around us today. Uh, and the Antichrist will have a similar thing as as I describe that was going on with the Roman Empire, he will have a similar requirement that will need uh, to be visible uh, for those who will receive that mark. Uh, And the Scripture says no one will be able to buy or sell unless they take the mark of the beast. Now, this simply means that uh, the the Christians will—it will be— Another underground thing like happened in Nazi Germany. I mean, the the Jews had to go underground to buy and sell among themselves. That's the only way the Christians at this terrible, horrifying time will be able to survive is underground. Because there will be two types of uh, Christians. There will be those who will be martyrs and there will be those who will fight and be martyred because— uh, you know, there just will be those two types of groups of people. So uh, this underground thing that will happen, uh, and we've seen it happen throughout history, and it will happen when the Antichrist come. Uh, and there are some people who literally do not believe in an Antichrist coming. Uh, and I know that uh, uh, some prominent Bible teachers uh, that have taught on the, uh, the preterist view and that sort of thing uh, have uh, taught that uh, there will be no Antichrist. and But uh, John even makes it clear when he talks about in his epistle that there will be Antichrist and then he goes into the plural Antichrist and then Antichrist. So he goes in the singular and then he goes to the plural to let you know that there are Antichrist now, which is uh, plural Antichrist, but there will be an Antichrist singular, which uh the John is talking about that will come as the future fearer uh, of the entire world. So the conditioning process is happening all around us today. uh you know everything today uh Germain is uh turning into uh, numerics, you see computers or numbers. Uh, everything around us, You, uh, when you go to gas station, put your card in, numbers and everything on our credit cards, it's a conditioning process that is preparing us for the coming of the Antichrist. And I believe that uh, he is he is going to make his way before the return of Christ, and it's laid out here. And it's not only laid out on a dual level that the Roman Empire had this going on, uh, with the slaves and the soldiers, and the Antichrist will uh, try to be have his soldiers uh, that will go around demanding people to take the number or be executed, and uh, the people that they'll try to get as slaves are those who uh, who uh, give in to the worship of the the beast. And so when you look at Revelation chapter, I'll say this in closing on it, when you look at Revelation chapter 13, you also have a a demonic trinity. So you have the dragon, uh, he tries to imitate the father, and then you have the Antichrist who tries to imitate the son, and then you have the false prophet who tries to imitate the Holy Spirit. So you have a demonic trinity in Revelation chapter 13, that tries to mimic and imitate the trinity of god and the devil has always been in the business of imitation so hopefully that helps out i kind of went into this on a little more thorough level but uh, i'm thorough anyway every time i do something
5: (laughs) yeah man i appreciate it dr bugger and um i don't want to take up too much of your time i'll I'll try and give you a part two next time i connect with you but I would definitely love to get some prayer requests for him.
2: Uh, yes, yes, this, we, you have some time where we can pray for your prayer request. What's on your heart?
5: Yeah, just a um, you know, young man's name is Lane, and i uh, known him for a long time, but he's uh, been missing overseas around the time of the terrorist attack, and no one could get in touch with him uh, since the terrorist attack. So we just started praying he okay for some kind of word to, uh, to hear from him.
2: All right. That's uh, did you hear
1: that pretty much, Jim? I, I think so. His, you said his name is Wayne, is that correct? Lane. Is that right? With the L. Lane. Lane okay, Lane. All right. Well, uh, let's lift up Lane in uh in prayer. Father in heaven, we uh we don't uh know where Lane is and uh Jermaine has brought him to our, our hearts and minds, Lord. We just pray that for his safety we pray that you would be able to get him in touch with the people that he cares about and knows and loves and lord that uh that he that you will keep him safe lord jesus and that you will bring him to safety lord wherever he is but we know that you know where he is and father we just pray for your hand of protection over him and i just lift up Jermaine and and uh, thank you for uh for bringing his name up in prayer and Lord, we uh, we pray for him as well, and that and his family that you would take care of them and bless him, and and uh, Holy Spirit continue to guide and protect him. And I lift up all these things in the name of Your Son Jesus Christ.
2: Amen. Thank you, Brother Germain, and keep us posted on your friend there.
5: I will. Thank you, guys. Definitely.
2: Yes. God bless you. Uh, what a program, Brother Jim. Oh
1: yes, and I've got a question for you because. Um, uh, when speaking about the mark of the beast, uh, that Revelation it talks about serious consequences for the for anybody who takes the mark of the beast, and uh, so it's it's not something to be taken lightly. Um, and I think that that's maybe the reason why it brings up such concern within the minds of Christians uh, who are certainly concerned about the age that we're in and what could be. What, what this could actually be uh, they don 't want to participate in something unwittingly, but I have a pretty strong feeling, and please correct me if i 'm wrong that this is the type of thing that Christians will know
0: mm-hmm.
1: we'll know that that this is you know what 's coming or what 's being presented is the mark of the beast it won 't
2: be it, it won 't be something that we 're we 're sort of wondering about that 's very true, and especially jim uh, that 's a good point, especially them... Who are uh, born again and who uh, study their Bible because exactly. if you if you 're ignorant to the Word of God, you can be duped on every side and that 's what 's happening with so many people today they they 're uh, biblically illiterate, so the biblical illiterate one can be duped so easily, but those of us who yourself and me and others who uh, studious in the word, uh, we'll be able to detect this right off. Well, I know uh, you need to have some time to knock a home run. Thank you for being here. You always do a fine job uh, in Gary's stead, and uh, thank you for your uh, diligence and faithfulness to contending for the faith, as well as your support for those who don't know that Jim is a and his wife Kim is our, our consistent. Uh, supporters of contending for the faith and we thank god for them in many different ways so we're going to turn it over to you to knock a home run in the name of jesus well thank you dr buckner and uh, we support the show
1: because we believe it is a vital ministry and we believe it is something that uh, that does minister to people out there and we want it to continue so we have come to the end of another exciting broadcast and we would like to thank vince our engineer And uh, Nathaniel, our phone counselor, and you, our listening audience, for being a part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us. So please drop us a note and let us know how this program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553 Tiburon, California, 94920. You can also reach Dr. Buckner by phone at 415-721-1778. And if you are interested in receiving a copy of tonight's program, you actually can subscribe to the podcast now and, uh, and get that delivered right onto your phone. It's really awesome. So please keep us in your prayers until next week. At this time, when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith.